Real NHL hockey is officially back after All-Star Weekend. And on today's episode, we get you ready for everything you need to know going into the back half of this NHL season. We'll talk about Jason Robertson and the potential he has to set some new Dallas Stars records, as well as getting you prepared for tonight's game against the Anaheim Ducks. All of this and more coming up on today's episode of Locked On Stars. Your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more and visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener, Thank you for stopping by and making Locked On Stars your first listen of the day. Be sure to hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube or the follow button on your favorite podcasting platform. We are free and available no matter where or how you may choose to listen. And it's an exciting time here on the pod. A great week last week with some great guests on the show with a little bit of downtime, no Stars games to cover, and we're back from the All-Star break, and you know I could sit here and build a whole segment about, oh, the All-Star weekend was not very good. It was a very bad product put together by the league, and while I believe that to be true, I, I will spare you from that, although it was great to see Jason Robertson getting to partake and get some recognition for the phenomenal season that he's having with his first of what I'm sure will be many uh, All-Star game appearances, but I, I know Stars fans are excited to see him back in action tonight with the rest of the team against the Ducks. And we'll get to a little bit of a preview of that game later on in the show. But it came up a few times last week, and it's something I kind of want to dive into and touch up on, that Jason Robertson here in the backstretch of the season with give or take 30-ish games to go has a chance to do something very, very special in terms of some Dallas Stars franchise history. And he has a chance to submit himself either next to or maybe even above legendary players like Mike Madano. Madano holds the record for the most points recorded by a Dallas star. He had 93 points both in the 92-93 season and the 93-94 season. Uh, the overall record for points across the entire franchise, both in Dallas and in Minnesota, is held by Bobby Smith, who had 114 points as a Minnesota North star. But in terms of when the team was in Dallas, the most points a player has ever recorded belongs to that record, at least belongs to Mike Madano back in the early 90s with 93 points. Madano also holds the record for the most goals by a Dallas star. He scored 50 in that 93-94 season. 55 is the true overall franchise record held by both Dino Cicerelli in 1981 and 1982 and Brian Bellows in 1989 and 1990. Both of those guys, members of the Minnesota North Stars, win. they scored 55 goals. Again, Madonna holding the record for goals and overall points in terms of Dallas Stars history. When you take a look at what Jason Robertson has been doing this season, he currently has 33 goals and 33 assists, totaling 66 points, which is, 
as I'm sure many of you know, the most on the team by a good stretch. And, and I don't think that it, it's too far out of the realm of possibility that we could see Jason Robertson assert himself onto these lists uh, of these all-time greats and maybe even break some of these records. I think certainly the, the points are something that is attainable, at least in terms of Dallas Stars points. I think 114 might be a little bit of a stretch uh, at this point in the season, although I guess you never really know what could happen. I don't necessarily anticipate that record being broken, but I think Mike Madonna's record of 93 points could very well get broken by Jason Robertson here over the last little bit of games. And I think it's due in large part to the guys he plays alongside. And I think he could also potentially get to that 50 goal marker if not surpass it and i know sometimes robo goes you know two or three games without a goal but then every now and then we'll see him go on stretches with you know two you know one or two goals over a you know three or four game stretch and he gets those goals per game so i mean he's kind of a streaky player when he's hot he's hot and then when he's cold he doesn't stay cold for very long but you can definitely feel that that lack of production from jason robertson which i think is still to be expected with how great he's been I mean, he's still a relatively new player to the league, and I think he's still shown his maturity, and he's taken big strides this season to assert himself as one of the best in this league. But it would not surprise me at all to see him break or you know come close to the, these records held by Mike Madano in terms of Dallas Stars history, and I don't think it's just him. I, I really don't think it's too crazy to think that maybe, just maybe, Rope Hintz and Joe Pavelski can get close as well, at least in terms of points. I don't necessarily see them getting either of them to the 50 goal marker. It would take quite a bit. It would take a pretty Herculean effort from both those guys to get there, but they're, they're not too far off in points at this moment in time. And Joe Pavelski and Rope Hintz both had career years last year. Pavelski with 81 points, which was the best on the team. And Rope Hintz had 72, which I believe was third best on the team. So we know that they can certainly climb up there in points. It's just a matter of can they get to that 93 mark? I think that'd be pretty incredible to have three players on the team who reach that threshold, a record that has seemed impossible to break despite some pretty talented players coming through this organization. Even guys like Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan, when they were at their best, they weren't able to break either of the records, 50 goals or you know, 90 plus points. It really hasn't been done since Madonna was here. And I mean, that's a reason that he's considered one of, if not the best player to play for this franchise, certainly the best player to ever wear a Dallas Stars jersey. And it's pretty incredible to think about that we are potentially witnessing the, the, the uprising, if you will, of the next Mike Madonna type player in a guy like Jason Robertson, who also has guys like Hintz and Pavelski, who could also get very, very close to racking up the same amount of points. And it's very possible because these guys are one, they make up the best overall line in the NHL at this moment. Their production is off the charts, and the looks they generate night in and night out is unlike really anything else that anyone else in the league is doing. Maybe a few other teams and a few other lines, but no one in my eyes is doing it as good as those three, and those three also play some incredible, uh, incredible, crucial roles on the Stars' power play, and they, that's where they can get a lot of their points, especially you know, a guy like Robertson who is getting fed the puck a lot. If he's not shooting, he's probably still getting an assist on a power play goal, feeding it back up to Miro Haskinen, who either shoots or finds another open teammate. So it's something to keep an eye on. It's, I, I, I mean, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, and we still have plenty of this season left. But if these guys keep on their continued pace, especially Jason Robertson, I really think that we can see him put his name in the history books in only his third season in Stars history. He's already done so. He's already, what, one of four 
players in Dallas Stars history to even score 40 goals, and now we could see him be the second Dallas Star to ever reach the 50-goal threshold and maybe, just maybe, see him cross into the 90-point threshold. And I think that would be pretty special, uh, and it's just another great chapter in what's been an incredible early career for Jason Robertson. And I, for one, am excited to watch him take the ice tonight along with the rest of his teammates. Well, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the Bo Horvat situation. He's not going to be a Dallas star. We know where he's landed, but I think that there's some interesting takeaways that we can, you know, look at with his situation in New York and maybe apply it to the stars and see how they should approach the trade deadline with it being just a few weeks away. More on that right after this. Today's episode of Locked on Stars is brought to you by Athletic Greens and their product, AG1. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, focus, and aging. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with the high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. AG1 is a small microhabit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. And your subscription comes with a year's supply of vitamin D, which is so important to add in these winter months and when we don't get as much sunlight. And it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. And that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thank you again for making Locked on Stars your first listen of the day. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube. Follow the show on your podcasting platform of choice. We're moving on on today's episode. Coming up later, we'll be taking a look at tonight's game against the Anaheim Ducks and why it's so important, a, a team like the Stars, top of the West, going up against the worst team in the Western Conference. It's still an important game. We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. But first, I want to talk a little bit about the Bo Horvat situation. Uh, a week ago today, came on this show, there were some NHL rumors circling around that you know the Dallas Stars could potentially be interested in the service of the former uh, Vancouver Canucks captain, Bo Horvat, who is having a great season scored you know scoring 30 goals so far or over 30 goals at this juncture uh, in the campaign and now we know I mean I think the same day that that episode came out like, you know later in the day on Monday it's announced that Bo Horvat would be sent to Long Island to be the newest member of the Islanders so obviously we know he's not going to be a Dallas star he's in a, on a different team in a different conference different division in the Metro with the Isles and Horvat has now just been signed to an extension over the weekend, a eight year deal worth $8.5 million. And Bo Horvat, as we established last week, and as it's been said by just about everybody covering this sport is a very, very good player And the Islanders. I think they're a fine team. I don't, I mean, they certainly before Horvat weren't a team that was, I think gunning for the Stanley cup finals. Now with him, I think that maybe they could, if they make the playoffs, which they're out of the playoff picture at the moment, if they're able to get into the playoffs in a crowded Eastern Conference, maybe, just maybe, they can win one series, but I still don't necessarily see them being the cream of the crop or the team to beat in the Eastern Conference, let alone in their own division. And I think his services are still valuable to this team, a team that has 
very much needed a spark offensively. But I, I think if you look at this Islanders team, it's a very interesting case study. And I think if they don't play their cards right and they don't get the proper you know, coaching and usage of this roster, I think they could be in some trouble over the next few years because they are paying a lot of money for some maybe B, B plus, A minus at best talent. Matthew Barzell, I think he's a great player, but he's going to be making over $9 million starting next season. He signed that huge extension over the summer, a few weeks before Jason Robertson signed his. Barzell, good player. I think an underrated player, but $9 million is a lot of money for a guy that you are wanting to be the guy for your team. And I mean, while the Islanders have been okay this season, Barzal really hasn't stepped up in big moments for his team. Anders Lee, 32 years old. He's going to be making $7 million next season. Brock Nelson is 31. He's going to be making $6 million. Josh Bailey, 33 years old, $5 million. Ryan Pollock, 28 years old, $6.15 million. And as I read that name, you might say, well, some of these players, they're, they're fine players. Brock Nelson's a pretty good goal scorer. Lee's been a, a fine player for them. And I, I that's the word I keep coming back to with the New York Islanders. They're, they're, they're a fine team. I think they're, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be okay. And I think they're going to make things interesting out East, but I don't necessarily see them as a team that is going to completely shatter the Eastern conference for years to come. I really don't think that they're going to be the team to beat or the team that everyone is shaking and trembling in fear over for the next handful of seasons, despite some of the names on their roster. And this isn't me trying to bash the New York Islanders. It's not why I'm here, but rather I think it it poses, a, you know, an interesting time to give some, you know, thought to how the stars should manage the trade deadline and how they should approach the deadline. And of course, this is all just in my head. It's fun to speculate about, you know, your team going out and making a big splash for one of the big names on the trading block. And and sometimes those moves work out. Sometimes, you know, those moves result in Stanley Cup championships in that season. But sometimes things blow up in your face and they backfire. And, and, you know, we talked plenty last week, even with Bo Horvat already traded, the idea of maybe a Timo Meyer, a Dylan Larkin, guys that are worth a lot of money that you'd probably have to give up quite a bit for in terms of either current NHL players, draft picks, prospects, things of that nature. And if you look at this Stars roster, I really don't see the need to go out and get, you know, a, a big fish type player. This team, in my eyes, is a contender as is, and I don't think it's worth you know the, selling the farm right now for a chance at a Stanley Cup championship. I think that they very well, at this point in the season, that this current roster, when fully healthy, could compete for a title as is. Will they win it? Will they be able to get out of the West? And if they get out of the West, can they get past a Boston or a Carolina in the Stanley Cup Finals? It, it's going to be tough. It's much easier said than done, and I know a lot of people would not like Dallas's chances there, but I think that they truly are a contender as is. But with that said, I don't think they need to go after a big piece. I don't think they need a Timo Meyer or Dylan Larkin in order to solidify that thought. I think that they can still make moves, but they can make moves that are financially smart and also moves that don't require them to sell any massive key pieces for the team's future. You look at the Colorado Avalanche last season. They didn't really go out and make the big splashes and get the big names. Granted, it wasn't the best uh, you know, trade market that we've seen over the past few seasons, but they went out and, and made some smaller moves. They added guys like Arturi Lekkanen, who came from Montreal with a $2.3 million contract, wasn't you know having the best season, which Montreal was not a very good team, so that's to be expected. But then Arturi Lekkanen turned out to be one of the best players on the roster in, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, 14 points in 20 games 
for the Avs during their run to winning the Stanley Cup. And I think that's the kind of moves the Stars have to make. I don't think they'll make as many moves as the Avs did. I know the Avs kind of were all over the place, adding guys and shipping off a few other pieces. I think the Stars maybe make one or two at most moves. And I don't think they're going to be particularly big moves. They're not going to be the moves that steal the headlines or, or that you see on the front page of NHL.com. But I think there's still going to be meaningful moves that add you know, good depth to the roster and hopefully can elevate the play of a few other guys on the team. We know that there is a need for another top six winger who can play alongside Tyler Sagan. I think that that's going to be something they look for, whether that's, you know, a Nick Ritchie from Arizona or Nick Bukestad, also a player in Arizona. I mean, those are just a few examples or even a guy like Max Domi, who isn't worth a ton of money, but I think could still produce very, very well on the Dallas Stars. And I think there could also be some pursuit of a defenseman as well. And I think the exciting part about all of this is it might, you know, you might be hearing this and you say, well, I want the Stars to go after a big name because it helps raise the chances of winning a title. And I understand that point of view of things. But I think also, if you look at the Stars as an organization right now, I think they're currently in a championship window. I think the window just recently opened. I don't think that they're at a point where it's you have to win now and and the next few years you might not have a chance because I think the roster is built to be competitive like this for the next few seasons. I don't think a guy like Joe Pavelski, who's played as many years as he has and has gotten, you know, as worn down from the league as he has, I say that he's still playing well. I don't think he resigns for one more season if he doesn't believe that this team has a chance to go far, not only this year, but next year as well. I think that says a lot about the state of this organization and the state of this team. So I, that's just my thoughts on how the Stars should continue to approach the trade deadline situation after evaluating the Bo Horvat situation. You don't want to be a team like the Islanders that has all these heavy contracts and, and, you know, kind of puts yourself in a bad position where you might be a good, a decent, a B to B plus, A minus team when you have the potential to make some smaller moves that while not, they might not steal the headlines, they make you better in the long run and still give you an opportunity to compete for a championship this year. Well, we're going to take one more quick break. And when we come back, we'll briefly talk about tonight's matchup against the Anaheim Ducks and why it's so important that the Stars get two points out of this game. Today's episode of Locked on Stars is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked on because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports both fun and easy. You can download FanDuel now and you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL and the Locked On Stars podcast. All right, we're closing out today's episode and the Stars are finally back. After a week off, we finally have some real hockey back in our lives. And I don't know if I've ever been as anxious for an early February game as I am for this one that's happening tonight at the American Airlines Center because the Anaheim Ducks are coming into town for their third and final meeting with the Stars this season. And the first time the Stars played the Ducks, they shut them out 5-0. to zero. And the second time, the Stars themselves got shut out 
two to zero. And if you look at their starting goalies numbers, John Gibson, he has a 3.96 goals against average, allowing nearly four goals a game with a 8.98 save percentage and one shutout. That shutout, of course, belonging to the Dallas Stars. And it was a bad game. That was a low, low moment of this season. Not a fun game to watch, whereas on the other hand, that 5-0 shutout at home was a blast to watch. It was a fun game. That was the Dallas Stars at their best. Jason Robertson with the hat trick. Jay Gottinger with the shutout. That was the team at their best, taking care of business and doing what needs to be done. And I don't think you can say that this is the most important game of the season because it certainly is not in terms of opponent and matchup and things of that nature. But it's still very crucial that the Dallas Stars find a way to get this win. They've, I think, been given a gift here with, you know, they're coming back from a week off. I mean, Jason Robertson is maybe the freshest on the team, but still uh, just got back on, I believe, you know, Saturday night or Sunday morning uh, from Florida and then was at Stars practice yesterday and then is, you know, having to play this game and everyone else has been off for an entire week. And so I think they're being given a gift, getting a home game against the worst team in the NHL and the Anaheim Ducks. But that's something that you have to take advantage of and get the win and get the two points out of this matchup because the rest of the schedule for this remainder of the homestand is not going to be so forgiving for the Dallas Stars. You have to get started off on the right foot because on Wednesday, February 8th, you have the Minnesota Wild coming in. They're a good team, but also that game is on TNT. The Stars have not been great on national television this season. And then their next game, Saturday, February 11th, the Tampa Bay Lightning, another great team coming into town. But that game is at noon on a Saturday. The Stars also have not been good at weekend afternoon games. And then Tuesday night, Valentine's Day, the 14th, the Boston Bruins come into the barn. And that's the best team in the NHL. So that is an absolute gauntlet of a lineup in terms of the teams themselves and also some of the circumstances aligned with those teams coming to Dallas. So got to find a way to come out. It's probably not going to be a clean or perfect game with every team kind of getting readjusted and reacclimated to playing hockey again. So, I mean, you can't necessarily expect perfection, but you still expect the stars to come out and play a good solid team game and find a way to pick up two points against their former teammate, John Klingberg, who is finally making his return to the AAC. He did not travel with the Ducks when these teams met up and, you know, the last part of the season that they played and they did play against him in Anaheim. But now he's finally getting his return to Dallas, which I feel like now it's not as meaningful because we thought we might get it when the Ducks first came into town. We didn't get it, but then they did play him in Anaheim. And I feel like at least on the broadcast, we kind of got our closure of like, oh, look, it's John Klingberg. And here's all the the videos and pictures of him interacting with Miro Haskinen and the rest of the team. And I'm sure there will still be a nice moment. I imagine we're getting some sort of tribute video tonight on the video board. And I expect there to be a pretty warm welcome from the Dallas faithful when that video gets played and when they inevitably show his game winning goal against the Nashville Predators in the 2019 playoffs. I just feel like it's not as good of a storyline as it would have been. Uh, as I tried to make it at least back when the Ducks first came to the AAC earlier this season. But nonetheless, excited for this game, excited to have a real hockey game in front of me uh, and not whatever excuse for hockey the NHL tried to push with the All-Star weekend uh, over Saturday and Friday. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you again for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. Be sure to hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube and the follow button on your favorite podcasting platform, and also find and follow us on social media, 
Locked On Stars on both Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me on Twitter at Dane double underscore Lewis. We'll be back here tomorrow evaluating this game against the Ducks and taking inventory on how the Stars looked after a, you know, over 10 days off from playing NHL hockey. Should be hopefully a fun and celebratory episode. And hopefully we're not talking about a 3-2 overtime loss. But I hope you guys have a great Monday and we'll see you back here tomorrow.